Hi, I'm Cody Balch with Better Equipped, and I'm going to be your tour guide to continue our study through the book of Ephesians. Um, going to go verse by verse, and so we've already set the foundation in verses 1 and 2, and today we land on verse 3. And today we're going to go start in verse 3, verse by verse, and go down through verse 14, okay? And so... Um, as you do this, I don't know if you're listening just in the audio side through the podcast, in the car, or if you're watching on YouTube, but part of what we're doing here in verse by verse is I want to help teach you how to just walk through scripture, um, to slow it down, not in an unnecessary sense, but to really, it's, it's, it's so easy to just read through scripture, uh, gloss over things, kind of like, well, I read it, but I didn't understand it. I think a lot of people get discouraged. And so part of what I want to do here is not just teach, although I want to do that, but I also want to empower you. I want to encourage you. I want to equip you to be able to do this for yourself. I want you to be able to, to open up your Bible and, and know how to, to read and, and to be able to absorb the wisdom of God's word, the truth of God's word in your life. I want you to be able to, to be equipped to apply it to your life. And so today, as we just look through these verses and study them, I, I really hope that you won't just listen to me, but also be thinking about, yeah, that's not actually that complex. Um, you know, and so there is, uh, of course, if you're just beginning with the Bible, you know, you're, we're all on a learning curve. You're going to be on a learning curve and that's okay. But I hope that that this today just kind of helps you ask questions. Feel like you have permission to ask hard questions. Because today jumps in with a topic that I think is fundamentally important to anyone who is going to follow Jesus. Anyone who does or may decide to. And it's, it's the question of God's sovereignty. I'll ask it this way, and I'm sure I asked this in many other videos of mine because it's very foundational. What does God owe you? Think about that. The Bible says that the, the wages of sin is death and that everyone has sinned. So nobody's off the hook and we all deserve the wages of sin, which is death. So what does God owe us? If God is just and only just, then what do we deserve? death. We don't deserve anything but death. I mean, eternal separation from God who is life. And so that's really, really important because guess what he does? Not everyone gets death. Anyone who is saved, it is by his grace, as we'll see in chapter two. So it's really important to understand that when it uses the words chosen, predestined, destined, and, 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 and other words like that and, and, and phrases like that, we need to understand that God is allowed to choose for himself who will spend eternity with him. We're going to dive into that, but I, I want you to know that he's jumping right in in verse 3, starting out to a big, big theological topic. But I hope you have uh, the faith and the heart to receive the truth in this and, and I hope that it actually causes you to praise God, to, to be filled with gratitude and celebrate what God has done. And it, it's just amazing. So we exist for, for God's will and purpose, not ours. And so let's, let's dive into this. So 
we, we get here in verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul, again, he's in, he's in house arrest in Rome, nearing the end of his life. Not that he's ancient in age, although he's not young, but uh, he'll, be, uh, he'll be killed in Rome a few years later. But he says this to the church in Ephesus. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, one thing I know I'm going to be interrupting myself a lot on purpose. We need to understand that verses 3 through 14 is one run-on sentence. If it seems like the Apostle Paul is just running on and, and going on and on, kind of without a breath, it's because he actually was. Um, the original Greek here, there are no separations between sentences. This just one giant sentence, one giant run-on sentence. So we're going to have to pause and digest it along the way because he's got a ton packed into it. But he says, for those who are in Christ Jesus, you have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. In Christ Jesus, this is what you have. And, and this is important because you got to understand, Paul is not a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel preacher. He is in prison. He has been in prison. He has been beaten. He has been ridiculed and mocked and, and run out of towns and all kinds of things because of his faith in Jesus. Paul and the apostles, the prophets, did not believe that our reward, that our full blessings, not that we have none here, and that's not what Paul would say, but that our, that our full blessings, the blessings we really want are the things that are eternal in heaven, in the heavenly realm, where, where, the, where the, the, the eyes here on earth cannot see, where we'll spend eternity with God in, in the new heavens and the new earth that, that is being stored up for us, that, that joy and peace and hope that the world can't give us, that he is pouring out and giving us. And so Paul has his eyes on the prize. Paul is seeing that there's more than what we can see with our eyes. I'm sitting here in prison. Yes, I get it. I'm under house arrest. But I, I am just storing up all these amazing blessings that I only have because of what Christ Jesus has done by redeeming us on the cross, by paying for my sin with his blood and his life and conquering death through his resurrection. And so he just sets the tone right there that, that what we live for is not of this world. What we live for is, is something that is not yet fully realized in this life, but it's yet to come. We go to verse four and he says, for he, God, chose us. Okay, here we can start the language, okay? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Whoa, okay? Before the creation of planet Earth, the stars, the moon, the outer space, everything, God already chose his people. Now, I don't know how that fits your paradigm historically, but we need to shift our paradigm to, to the truth of God's word. And so the Apostle Paul says, like, this is, this is something that isn't new. God's not up there still trying to figure out who he wants to choose, who is his, who will choose him back. He actually says, I've already chosen before the creation of the world, those who are going to be mine, created to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, first of all, holy and blameless 
is what Jesus did to make us holy and blameless. That's, that's what you need to understand first and foremost. That's not by our works. But at the same time, because he's chosen us to be his sons and daughters and receive salvation, and he has made us holy and blameless, we should live as though we are sons and daughters who are holy and blameless. We, we don't live for the passions of our and desires of our flesh, but we live for the purpose and the, the holy nature of God, what pleases him. And so um, this should change our hearts. This should change our behaviors, which he'll talk about in chapters four, five, and six a lot more um, in terms of our decisions to be live obedient lives, to live holy lives. He's going to unpack that. So he's not diminishing or completely removing our, our decisions, but he's, he's saying when it comes to salvation, you need to understand that God is the one who chose us from before creation. He says, in love, and if, you, if you're wondering why there's a verse there, it's because verses didn't come around until like the 16th century, okay? This is something that, that those little numbers were put in later. Paul didn't have those numbers in there. He was just writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. So at the end of verse 4, it says, In love, then verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It's, it's about God's pleasure. It's about God's will, not our pleasure or pleasures and our desires and will. We need to exist. We, we've got to think about it this way, that we exist for God's pleasure and will. It has nothing to do with our pleasure and will. Like, he's the sovereign God. He's the creator of the universe. He's the one who conquered sin and death. Like, it, it is all for him. And, and, and he doesn't need to feel bad about that because he's the only God and we are not. And we have nothing without him. And he saved us. And so it's like, yeah, like, what more do I want than God's good pleasure and will? It's all according. So, so who he saves, he saves. And who he, who he doesn't, he doesn't. And, and, and he has the right to do that because he doesn't owe me salvation. He doesn't owe you salvation. He doesn't. I know we think that oftentimes, and I love America, but we, we have these, these protected rights, these inalienable rights, these human rights that all are equal. And that's wonderful as, as a country. But you need to understand, a country is not God. God has rights that, that we as humans do not. No matter what power and authority we are on earth, we don't have these rights. And God has the right to create life, to destroy life. Yeah, the Bible says that. And so he continues on in, in verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That's Jesus. Verse 7, in him we have redemption. Okay, have you ever redeem something it, he's 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 bought us back he's redeemed us through his blood through Jesus blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace God's grace is so massive and he pours it out he's so it's like beyond wealthy i mean riches is like an understatement of God's grace and he poured out his forgiveness and his redemption through Jesus Christ. 
He's the one who paid the price. He gets to call the shots. He's creator and he's the redeemer. And so he gets to call the shots when we think about this. But it is, we should be like, what? Like my, my daughter, JL, recently, as we were reading through scripture, like it clicked in a whole new way for her. She's 10 years old, but it clicked like, wait a second. Like I've been chosen. He didn't have to choose me. And, 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 and like, whoa, like, thank you, Jesus, that you chose me. Like, we should have that attitude, like the faith, like a child that's like, God, you chose me. Like, you didn't, you didn't owe me anything. Like, you could have just left me to the side. You could have just sent me to hell. But you didn't just choose me. You, like, paid the price for my sin through your blood. Like, whoa, like, that is amazing. Paul's saying this. Um, I don't think he re... Paul's smart, but like, I don't think he's thinking he's going to throw us into like theological confusion here. I think he's trying to say, you have so much to praise God for. Like he's setting the whole letter up on this premise that we have been saved, redeemed, and chosen, predestined by God since before creation to receive salvation and every spiritual blessing from God. Like this is not an afterthought. This was a before thought. Uh, before creation, he's already like, all right, I, I need these people to be my chosen instruments, my chosen people to receive the inheritance of salvation. Wow. Like that is huge. Verse eight, after he says the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will. It's a mystery. His will is a mystery. We're not sovereign. Okay, we live in free will because we are not sovereign. We don't understand who God has chosen and who he's not. It all looks like free will to us, the way we live. It's a mystery, okay, of his will according to his good pleasure. Again, according to his pleasure, not our pleasures, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. Okay, there's a perfect time for everything. Jesus came within human history at the perfect time. According to God's will, that the time was full, that it had reached its, its kind of ripeness, the Bible talks about. And this was to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Like there's, there's these realms, the spiritual realm and the, the earthly realm, and that there's this sinking up of this is good for both, not just for one, not just for the other, but that the time is so ripe that this is perfect in heaven and on earth, in eternity and in timelines of earth, that everything reaches its fulfillment, its fullness, that all the prophecies of the Messiah had been fulfilled and that the time is right, and it's a it's a mystery to us. We don't we don't understand fully this like why that time, why that way, why did God do that? Why did God not do that? It's because it's according to His good will and purpose that He has all wisdom and knowledge in order to get His will done, and so He knows what He's doing. And and this is this is designed to give us an immense comfort. When we think about all the, the all the atrocities that happen in this world and all the, the terrible things that people do that, that make life really miserable for a lot of people, whether it's oppression or, or murder or stealing 
or all kinds of other things, just the hurt and pain that people inflict on other people and the, the decisions they make in this world. It's easy for us to be like, God, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? If you're sovereign and all powerful, why did you allow that to happen? But we got to understand, we have to understand that, that it is actually God's sovereignty that we can have comfort and peace in the midst of the mysteries of why those things happen. And let's be real and let's, let's be reminded here that we are contributors to sin. If God were to get rid of all sin today, we need to understand that it's not a question of whether he's able to, but it's actually his patience and his grace that allows us to live in the midst of it because otherwise we would have to die too. We would have to be done. Our time is up, not just now on earth, but we would be sent to hell if God's grace didn't allow time to go on, even with the mistakes that we make. And I think it's amazing that God is so big and sovereign that even as we try to mess things up over and over again, and we do, that his sovereign will is not thwarted, that his, his plans still prevail. And that should give us as followers of Jesus, as disciples, should give us such amazing peace and comfort. And I hope it encourages you. Now we get to verse 11. There's a little paragraph here that's still a continuation of a sentence. And so we, we as humans have added a paragraph, added a number 11 there, but he continues on and he says this. In Jesus, in him, we were also chosen, having been predestined. Again, that word comes up again. This is foreknowledge, a decision before creation. And then we're also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, God, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Okay, like I don't know how much clearer you can get than verse 11. It's like, this is according to God's will. He does what he wants, how he wants in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, remember Paul is one of the early believers, um, along with a few other thousand people, thousands of people, but still in human history, one of the first few, uh, that in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, does this resonate with you? Are you, are you a listener saying, well, that, that, this applies to me as well. The gospel of your salvation, the same gospel that Paul believed and was saved by is the same gospel that you and I have the privilege of being invited into, of being chosen and selected into, not by our choosing, not by our will and decision, but by God's sovereign will. When you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. He says the Holy Spirit literally verifies, it not only protects you in the meantime, until the fullness of salvation is realized when Jesus returns on judgment day, which is the most wonderful day for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is a terrifying day for those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus. But he, he says it's not just a, a deposit. He, it, it is a deposit, but he says not just protecting you for salvation, but it is also something that 
It verifies your authenticity. There's a lot of people who, who claim the name of Jesus, who say they believe that Jesus died on the cross. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. But you might believe that Jesus died on the cross and raised from the grave, but you have not actually put your faith, your hope and trust in Jesus as Lord and master over your life that he's in charge and you're not, that you live to be holy and blameless in his sight, that you live for his praise and glory, that, that you are living for his will and not your will, that you're living for his good pleasure and not your pleasures. Okay, and we're not saved by our works. So this is a both and, but, but because we're saved by his grace and, and for his good pleasure and will, we live to serve the one who redeemed us who chose us, who predestined us before creation. We live for him. And the Holy Spirit is a marker, a deposit, a seal guaranteeing our inheritance, our salvation. And so guess what? We should look very different than this world. Holy means set apart, different, peculiar. We are peculiar people. We are supposed to not look like the rest of this world. And so as we get, get to this, I want you to just, be filled with gratitude. Again, you can look in, in uh, Romans chapter 9 is another place I'd encourage you to look on this topic. Okay, so dig into that. We'll, I'm sure we'll cover Romans in a verse by verse at some point soon. So, But I, I want to encourage you to just be filled with gratitude. And if you're, if you're out there saying, man, oh gosh, I don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I've been chosen. I don't know if I've been predestined. How do I know if I've been chosen? I, I, I tell people this. I say, if you are alive and you have the breath to even ask that question, it's, it's a good chance that God is knocking on the door of your heart and saying, you've heard the truth. You know enough to even ask the question of, am I chosen? I'm going to go ahead and just say, let's default to yes on that because you even know how to ask that question instead of just crossing your arms and pointing your finger at God and say, God, I don't think you've chosen me. That you even can ask that is probably, you, you probably are, are without excuse. Just give your heart to Jesus and say thank you. You know, just put your faith and trust in him and say thank you. I mean, like, stop trying to make it sound like God's against you. He's for you. He died for you. So if you're asking the question, I would say, yeah, he's probably chosen you. But that doesn't mean you can be lazy and, and make it that an excuse to do whatever you want. Um, this is absolutely something that you should say yes to if you haven't already. And again, what I believe in scripture is taught is that we are saved by grace through faith only in Jesus, that we're redeemed by his grace and his work on the cross, that there's nothing we can do to deserve it. But what's interesting about scripture, and there's a lot of thoughts out there, but what's interesting about that, it doesn't negate that Jesus and the apostles teach that baptism is really the way that you uh, tangibly kind of identify your life with his saving work with his death, burial, and resurrection. And so if you have not made the choice to be baptized, I would encourage you to, to make, to, to take that step. Um, if you, if you say, man, I, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. Um, really like, I know there's a lot of ways that people do that in churches and I'm not trying to knock it, but like, there's not a prayer of salvation in scripture, but it is, we're saved by grace through faith. It's really the, the, the obedient step of baptism, which you don't accidentally do, and you don't do it time and time and time and time and time again. There's a lot of people who've prayed a prayer of salvation like 50 times in their life thinking, oh, this is the real one. This is the one I really mean it. 
Listen, there's a day where you need to cross that line. It's not my idea. I didn't make it up. Scripture says, you know, you, you need to die to yourself, to your pleasures and will, and you need to be buried with Jesus in baptism, just the way he died on the cross for your sins to redeem you, was buried in the tomb, and then be raised to a new life. And baptism represents that. And so I think it's a beautiful gift. Again, um, I think scripture's clear about it. I don't think it's ambiguous, and I don't think it's a works to save you. I think it's an obedience because of your faith that you would say, why wouldn't I obey Jesus in one of the most, the first and most important commands as a follower of Jesus is to be baptized. And so if you have any questions, reach out to me, better equipped with Cody at gmail.com. Um, but I hope you continue to journey with us as we pick up in verse 15 next in, uh, in the next video and in, in episode. And um, I hope that this really encourages you to say, God, thank you. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for predestining me. Thank you for calling me and adopting me as your son or daughter and, and giving me forgiveness and eternal life. Wow, that is worth living for. And that is worth sharing the good news of the gospel with more people. He's given us, he's entrusted us with that. And so I hope that you will be filled with gratitude and go share that joy, that hope, that good news with other people.